Have you not have you not ever noticed that all villains in movies are British? They have British or English accents. Merit Poppins. Give me that dill weed. Not here, honey. Americans. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Gagool. Welcome to Tanuki Talks, the podcast about customer success and all things GitLab. On this episode, people, processes, and software, how all three are needed for success. Hello. Hi, Luca. How's it going? I'm, I'm there she is. Peachy. Mangoey? Mangoey, would you say? <laughs> so, for, so, okay, so two things happened. One, I'm an idiot and was like expecting to hear things and I was like, why can I not hear them? And then it's because I wasn't on the damn podcast link. But also, <laughs> I could only hear anything out of one ear and it's because my computer had just decided to move the balance over to that ear. That's why. Well, by itself. Perfect. By that computer. So, yeah. Hello. I am here. Um, so I suck, and I didn't do any research for this episode at all. I didn't do any research either, and now that this banter is going to be at the front of the podcast, people will know that we did no research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, but, well, but we're smart fine. people, or it at least means... two, two out of three of us are smart. We won't say which two, because not me. Which two did <laughs> I mean? <laughs> I don't, it's probably at least one of you that's not, so... <laughs> nope. Wait, so Luca, Luca, you're saying that you know for a fact that you are one of the smart ones. Okay. Yes. That's, that's okay. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm, I'm <coughs> just... Mac. That's cool. That's cool <laughs> speakers. That's fine. I'm, I'm British. Have you noticed how... <laughs> <laughs> you just turned on the British, like, even more. Do you want to... Oh can I finish God. what I was going to say? Yes, yeah. please. Please do. Sorry, it was too much. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. there was a reason why I said that, and it's because... Have you not have you not ever noticed that all villains in movies are British? They have British or English accents. Yes. Well, there's the whole thing about how how the Star Wars universe essentially how like again Britain takes over the entire galaxy because they're all essentially British bad guys. Uh, Obi Wan so. Kenobi. Bad guys. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi is is English. He has an English accent. Yeah, I didn't say that all of them were the bad guys. Yeah, but he's like the only one, pretty much, that has an English oh. accent that isn't bad. So, what does that? I mean, how how do you not have uh, what's his face play Obi Wan Kenobi though? Doesn't matter that he has an English accent. Who, Sir Alec Guinness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alec, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, no. I'm saying it's, it's it was kind of like a jokey thing that they had mentioned. Like, why didn't you know, did England take over again this galaxy because all of the uh, you know all of the, the the generals and all of the people that you know that that are working on the Death Star essentially have British accents. Well, they so, do have a little bit of a history of colonization. So. Exactly. Yes, yes, we do. Um, <laughs> but it's actually more to do with the fact that English people sound really clever and cunning and all that stuff. So we get given villain roles because we mm. sound really smart and sneaky. Do English people sound clever and cunning to English people? No. Yeah. Depends what you're from. <laughs> well, it. what if you're from, what if you have a Cockney accent and you're listening to somebody else talk? <laughs> That's a road that I'm not going to go down. Okay. Because, right. you know, because I might get, that's not very cultural of me. But I have. Oh, uh, well. 
Can you say something for me? Sorry, Luca. Uh, can you say the rain in Spain stays mainly in the plane? The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plane? Or is yeah, it the rain in okay. Spain falls mainly on the plane? Oh. oh see, she's oh. so clever and British. Up she she gets it. <laughs> I think she's got it. I've always been Triggered. curious, Luca, growing up, like how, how did... Did you like have an impression or, or do you do not, not like an impression of an American accent, but like if you wanted to like, I don't know, imitate an American accent or something like that, do you have like something that you do? Because every culture, like, you know, we could imitate some sort of language by making some terrible sounds that sound like that language. Did you ever do it? Is there anything like that for, you know, for Americans that you would do? I don't know. I used to, I, I, I play a lot of Magic the Gathering with American people. So usually I say things like oh my god you're cheating you're cheating i can't believe you're cheating like that kind of stuff is usually what i say oh. <laughs> my friend really oh, likes it when i say I'm darts <laughs> he likes it when i say darts darts or like and people love it when i ask for a glass of water because sometimes i actually say that and i i will have them the waiter will ever look at me and ask me to repeat myself like four times and i have to be like can i get a glass of water and it's just that's the only way they understand if I ask them, oh my god, so I cannot, I cannot wait for the all American accent. I can't that do it awesome. unless I do it in a high pitched whiny voice because that's what all Americans sound like to me. Well, there you go, and well, that's what I was go. asking. I like how you were trying to be cultural a minute ago, and then you said that. It's perfect. <laughs> so uh, to be it's fair, funny that you said every it's, time it's, people do an impression of my accent, they're just like, "Oh, oh, cheerio, mate!" Like that's what apparently oh, we sound pip, like pip. to everyone. <laughs> right. Blimey. And, and that, and, and that's kind Biscuits. of where I was going with that. I was curious how Can I you. Get a drink the... of water. That's. The... I don't. Try and say water like I do. Water. But see, I would make fun of other American accents. See, so, okay, here's a question. And, and now we're way too deep. We should have introduced ourselves already, but that's okay. Yeah, we um, know who we are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode one and two. Uh, so, so, we have a number of different uh, accents in America. For instance, Dave and I sound a little bit different. Although I've then been told by New Yorkers that I have a quote southern accent. Um, what? So do do Stop again me. growing up in in Great Britain. Uh, would you have like insight to different American accents, or would you just kind of paint a really wide brush over the whole country? Well, I've lived here for four years, so I can tell when people come from different areas. Well, I know like, you can now. I, I meant more like if you were in. Oh, if I was in the, England, I have no idea. The Queens, like, I would... the Queens area. <laughs> Queen's area, Queen's domain. Queen's area is everywhere. Good at all. Yeah. That could be Canada. It could be Australia. It could be anywhere. Not here, honey. Um. <laughs> that was the perfect southern accent for that too. <laughs> Not in America. Y'all gonna learn today. <laughs> Sorry. No, so so like, would British folk paint one brush over the American accent, or would they like? Uh, like, I would make fun of a Boston accent. That's what I think I would do. Right. America, right? Most English people probably don't know what a Boston accent is. We probably know New York and Texas, and that's basically it. Or okay. New York, yep, Texas, and and like some vague West Coast, like where they just they say things like um, I don't know, nineteen, like those kind, like they have that weird middle, like they don't say the the, I don't know how 19. to say it, nineteen, <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but it's like the bit before the word teen in the word itself sounds weird 
<laughs> you mean like Both like a valley say... girl accent? Yes. yes. Is that what you exactly. mean? Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Well, I mean, there's different accents. Like, you know, like you mentioned, you mentioned a you know, Cockney accent. You mentioned, you know, uh, you know, like a Londoner accent. I don't know what you would call that. But, yeah, there, I mean, there's differences. You can hear them. There's right? different um, accents all around London. Sure. No, of course. Yeah. So we are, I was on um, a call with a customer, and they had people from all around uh, England, and they had different accents. But I couldn't, like, I could tell they were different, but I couldn't tell you, like, oh, that's Manchester, and that's from oh, South London. I wouldn't London, know that, that either. But, yeah. Like. Sure. But they were clearly different too, and I was like, I can it do was like, some of them badly, so I can demonstrate if you pick. Oh, we're ready. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I, you have to pick places, and it's gonna. Some of them probably be terrible, and I'm gonna embarrass Cockney. myself. Cockney. Cockney. You know what Cockney sounds like. <laughs> I don't need to do that. I don't know what it sounds like. We don't. <laughs> yes, you do. Have you not watched Mary Poppins? You know what Cockney sounds like. Mary Poppins. Mary you mean? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Every episode of Tanuki Talks is just going to be let's talk about the differences between England and America and how, I don't know, Lucas well, opinions it's educational. on people. Fascinating stuff. It's fun. <laughs> you missed the chance So should we now. get started on this one, on the on the meat and potatoes? What, what's, what's the British equivalent of meat and potatoes? No, no, no. Meat and Bangers potatoes. and mash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bangers and mash. I found out I'm allergic to pork, so I can't eat that anymore. It's really sad. That's sad. Oh. Allergic yeah. to pork. Was that just a recent thing you found out, or is it? Uh, kind of. Like, last year I found out I have, like, a whole booklet of allergies that I can't, I have to avoid. Um, I had that also, when I was a kid. Do you, you have to have, like, little scratch tests and all that kind of stuff to see if you're Oh, it was horrendous. Still... I had these. I had mm-hmm. them do all these little prick tests all over my arms, yep. and then they're like, oh, the ones that aren't that aren't reacting that well, what we're going to do now is we're going to get syringes, and we're going to put them, like, dig them into your arm and just leave them there for, like, 20 minutes. So I had sat there. I have a photo of it. I, had, I sat there with, like, actual syringes just sticking out of my arm. It was, like, mm-hmm. something out of a psycho crazy movie. That's kind of awesome, um, actually, though. Is it though? Like if you send it to someone out of context, the photo. I swore at this. You could just be like, "Look how, look how, look how amazing I am." This is me now. (laughs) Do you even syringe, bro? (laughs) This hardcore. This is so hardcore. Uh, I can take all of this allergy. Look at all of this. Give me that dill weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had the scratches on my arm because I'm allergic to basically everything that creates pollen. But uh, I never yeah. had the. I'm the allergic to syringe. every tree in Austin, pretty much every yes. tree in Texas, and mold really? and cockroaches. Do you know how they? Do you know? Do you know how they check for allergies? Do you know what they do? They put a tiny little bit of the thing in you to see if you react yes. to it. So I'm like, yes, right. cool. So what part of a cockroach did you put into my body without my consent? They were like, well, usually it's like its skin or its poo that you're allergic to. And I'm like, that's oh, disgusting. Nice. Oh, nice. I'm glad you said skin first because it's probably just poo. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. <laughs> nice. You thought skin. Like, like thanks no, thanks for said, saying skin, skin first. You worked on that, didn't you? No, no. I'm, oh, I believe they said skin. But they 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 say skin up front to, to kind of lessen the lessen impact the of the next exactly. word. <laughs> which is what it probably really is. Yes. Disgusting. Anyway, back um, back to ten, back to Tanuki talks. Let's let's get started. Yes. This is what are we getting started epi- on? Well, I was going to introduce it. 
May I? Well, do, hang on. <laughs> yes. Do you... Episode three of, of Tanuki Talks is what I want to get started on. <laughs> Revenge of the Podcast. <laughs> I named it Revenge of the Podcast. But it's about, it's about, uh, it's called People Processes in GitLab, which was was a great title at the time. Um, and then we forgot what we were going to do. And then we kind of forgot. I mean, I remember <laughs> vaguely what it is. So w- w- what it is is people talk about, like, how in software development, it's not just the tools you use, right? And so I think it's, mm-hmm. we focused for the first couple podcasts so heavily on, like, things we like about GitLab itself. Um but the, the, the thing I always say is the degree on my wall, which is in information systems, the one thing I took out of that was it's not just software, it's people processes and software. Um, so I think the idea was to talk about like other companies we've worked at, customers we've encountered, where the problem wasn't necessarily the tools they were using, but the problem was either the people or the processes the people were in. I think that was the, the plan. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair enough. I say we go with it. Dave, tell me about uh, a time where you, someone tried to fix a problem with a tool or thought that a problem was a tool's problem when it really was a people or a process yeah, problem. A process, yeah. So that's uh, it's actually good. So at a prior company, um, you know, we sold a uh, sold a solution to help people out with a uh, with a, you know agile methodology, and um, you know what we always talked about though was um, you know. Our, the tool is fantastic. The tool is great. It can do all this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the um, the thing that we always wanted to preach there was potentially it's process first. You have to kind of understand what you're doing. The tool's not just going to fix, you know, the, the issue. Um, and I always equated it with like you know, just because I have a wrench and I can use a wrench at home doesn't mean I'm a mechanic. I kind of have to go through the training in order to understand why I'm actually using this. Because I can get in a lot of trouble otherwise if I'm just using it around and just trying to make this do everything for me. It's not going to make it work. So we always talk about really having the people to understand what the process actually is before you actually bring the tool in to help out. So, um, and we came across that a lot. People just will just give us a solution. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. It doesn't quite work out that way. So you need to have really that nice mesh between all of them, right? The people to understand what it is, the process to kind of keep it in the boundaries of what you're working on, and then the other tool to kind of just guide them, you know, with it. So that's kind of, you know, I guess the, the story that I have on that is just making sure that you, you have that stuff there. So yourself? Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I would, I think I've yelled this at people probably before, which is maybe not the most effective way to get your point across, but... Um, <laughs> I have definitely Depends. sat. <laughs> I've definitely. I mean, if you look at my track record, I probably you probably would think I do think it's effective. Um, no, but I, I, I've sat in meetings so many times, and you know, kind of, kind of started to to doze off or like have my mind wander uh, because we're talking about oh wait, how is this thing going to integrate to that thing? Um, and mm-hmm. Again, this is in a previous life where I, I worked for a healthcare software company. Oh, how are we going to stitch this thing together with that? And and it and it's and it, I, I my mind's wandering, and then my mind realizes it's wandering and is like, why are we not paying attention, self? And I say, well, self, I, it's because we're talking about like all of these super technical, like nitty gritty, thousand mile deep 
tool issues instead of the actual problem. Like people right. try to take the tool and make it about that problem. And this is something I, I stress all the time with people because they think that you know, folks that may not be in technology think of a technologist as some like magical wizard that has the ability to apply some tool to a problem and then it's mystically fixed. But like, I, I really liked your example, Dave, because it's it's not any different than a mechanic and a wrench in the sense that, you know, the wrench is pretty dumb. It's just a it's just a tool, right. uh, and it's you know it's how you decide to implement and use and ha- be trained on that tool is part of it, but then part of it is also like the the tool's not going to solve the problem for you, right? The wrench never is going to solve the problem, no matter how awesome you make the wrench. <laughs> it's never it's a Swiss Army wrench, right? It's never going <laughs> to fix the car, right? Like it's not like no tool is going to jump up and start fixing the car for you. And because, you know, computers and technology are a little less tangible than a wrench, I feel like people, like, put put that on them. Like, oh, they're just going to get up one day and AI or whatever (laughs) technology will just fix it. But but at its core, they're just really, really dumb. (laughs) They're really dumb machines. Like... Like, computers are dumber than wrenches in reality, but the stuff we build on top of them helps them do, you know, things that seem more amazing and are more amazing than a wrench. Uh, but in the end, you can't you can't just fix the wrench to fix the problem. Right? So I liked your analogy a lot. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah. Look, anything? Have you had uh, experience with that? Like, you know, talking about process or a, 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 a person that was a problem? Or in your case, maybe a spanner as opposed to a wrench. <laughs> Thank you, David. You get 10 points yeah. to Gryffindor for that. Well done. Hey, thanks. <laughs> he is, in fact, a Gryffindor, by the way. There are two Hufflepuffs on this podcast and one Gryffindor for anyone who cares. Oh, proud card-carrying member. Good to know. It's not, it's to not know. J.K. Rowling's favourite house, though, is it? You know which one J.K. Rowling's favourite house is? I have a choice of four. (laughs) I have a one in four chance of getting this right, and it's probably not Ravenclaw. 25%. (laughs) No one likes Ravenclaw. (laughs) That's not true. Hang on now. Ravenclaw is a great house. They're all great houses. Anyway. Yes, yes. How many people list proud Ravenclaw on their Twitter profile like certain Hufflepuffs I know do? Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't haven't checked. Well, you've never found a math. Do the math. I don't know what oh. the math is, but anyway, you were going to talk about a person. <laughs> Bring it back to the podcast. <laughs> a person or a question? process that was. The, the, uh, Dave was hoping that you had a, a person or spanner, but hopefully a person story about where maybe the process was right and the tools were right, but but the people were were wrong or, or didn't apply them correctly. I think. So I might turn this on its head a little bit and um, look at how people can get in their own way when it comes to tools and processes, right? So something I've noticed with um, quote-unquote busy people is that you can present them with a solution to their problem. So they're they're very busy, like um, they don't have time to do X, Y, or Z. Um, For example, right, in my last company we had a lot of um, scheduling to do and there were a few of us that that needed to just constantly be scheduling calls with customers but it was one of those things where you know we had to reach out we had to you'd send an email 
and you'd say, here's my availability, customer would never get back to you. And then you'd follow it up and you'd have to send a new availability. And then they might get back to you, you know, like a week later and they'd be like, this time's great. And you're like, I don't have that time slot anymore. So this is constant. It was just a lot of time wasting on both parts. Um, so I suggested that we use something like a like Calendly or something like that, which is what we use at GitLab, which is a really simple, like so many companies use this, right? It's a It's a really really useful tool it's not that difficult to learn um integrates well with other things um obviously that anything anything has a slight learning curve if you've never used it before if you're if you're not technical non-technical person or anything like that but i was i would present this to um to my old manager and um i said look you know i spend probably several hours a week trying to schedule calls when I could just send them this link and get them to schedule time with me, which is way easier. And it's going to mean I don't have to spend all my time sending kind of relentless follow-up emails and bothering them. And eventually they're just going to spam my email because they don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, and then she said <clears throat> something like, yeah, we just don't have time to implement that right now. Just use, just go with your normal process. Maybe we'll look at it in January. This was in like, I think, I don't know, or the middle of the year. So in like six months, she was like, yeah, yeah, we'll look at it in six months. But underlying that was a message of, I knew for a fact that she didn't like new tools. She had a very specific way of working. And you, honestly, sometimes I would I would see her screen share and I'd, I, I would actually just feel mild anxiety just looking at her screen and the way that she managed things, right? And, but that's a, that's a, a time when I feel like a person that I worked with had a very kind of haphazard way of working that made sense to them and was afraid of new tools and afraid of learning and picking up new processes and just wanted to stick to their way. And because they were in a management role, stopped anybody else from being able to move forward and move faster and get more stuff done and be more efficient. Um, so. I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question, but like that's I think that's a good example for me of how people can get in the way of <clears throat> new processes and tools. I totally agree with that. Um we I've run into that <clears throat> a number of times, pardon me, where you know, we've always done it this way and they've got like a maybe there's like a um, a grassroots portion of the organization that wants to try something different so it's successful in a smaller group but then it gets to a certain level yeah. or it gets to a certain point where we have to see our reports or we have to see our results in a certain way well you know let's think about that do you really you know do you really need to see it that way um you know here's a new we're trying to institute a new process trying to achieve something new and again the people kind of get in the way of that yeah yeah look what's yeah so i I was just thinking it, it's kind of one of those things where um, there's a lot of tools out there as well that, that sort of lock people into their ecosystem. They lock people into the way that they do things in such a way that it's really hard to move away from those tools as well. So then that also kind of puts people who are in that certain, they're, they're already too busy to kind of move over to something else or think about something more efficient or build a new process, right? that will ultimately make like the, I don't know, say they have like this task that they need to do task a, and they have to a tool that makes task a much easier, but they need to spend time in, in implementing that tool and training people, or whatever. But ultimately the ROI is amazing, but they just don't, they can't get it out of their head that they need to be ready to take that step and do a little bit of work in order to save that amount of time. And I think 
um, I see that so often, like with so many of these different tools out there for different jobs, um, whatever it is, whether it's in any kind of industry um, and people get in their own way and it's not helped by, I think, tools that lock you in a certain way of working and make it really hard for you to move over to something else. Yeah, I agree. When the, when the tool tries to predestine the process, right, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily, you know, work then for everyone, right? Like if it, it's a tough thing to balance. I mean, I, as someone who's been building software his whole life, it's hard to like decide how much of this am I going to, you know, lock someone into a process that I think is the right process or kind of encourage them to walk down this road or make it open and able to do whatever you want with it, right? Like both are bad, I think, when you're building software. So um, I helped build a, a healthcare software company for a long time and it was a really, really tight vertical. Uh, one specific department under one specific department and, and it was uh, it was women's imaging under radiology. So like you're so far down the chain of healthcare that you've got a pretty clear process in place, but then surprising number of slight differences among customers, right? Um, and and so then you can plan for that and, and build something that tries to make everyone happy, or you can build something that just makes you happy, or you can find the right balance, right? And I think that's always really hard. Uh, as as the maker of a tool to kind of try and try and find that balance of not being too presumptive but also not being too lackadaisical in your approach to the problem you're trying to solve yeah I, I, and this is why this is why user experience teams is so valuable right and there's there's plenty of companies out there that that you know they start out and they don't really think about like the user experience behind their product or the ui or any of that um and i think my what I've noticed when working with companies who don't have a dedicated user experience team or anything like that tend to be the ones that have a real hard time with their customers because they just assume what their customers want. They don't really think about, they don't think about personas. They don't do any kind of use case, like case studies or anything like that. They don't think about it. They just think we, we know that this is what we would want or we assume this is what our customers want and then they just do that and then are surprised when their product doesn't do well. Um, yeah, Brendan, you mentioned something, and 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 Luca, you actually alluded to it earlier. Um, oftentimes, as on the, on the customer success team, solution architect, that what we do, you know, we get questions from our customers about how do we do. I think you know, Luca said it best: X, Y, Z, in the uh, you know in this, and we often will go down a rabbit hole sometimes and just chase that, like you know, we're trying to make a trying to solve the problem you know, with the application that we have, with the solution that we have. And Brendan, you've often brought up in our in our group chats before this concept of a XY solution, XY problem. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk into that a little bit because, you know, that's you're going into, you know, what that is and, and why people would, uh, you know, assume that, you know, um, and, and how it would be better to solve one thing as opposed to just, you know, chasing it down the other way. Sure. Yeah, I used to, I, I never had a name for this thing. And then someone sent me, uh, actually a fellow GitLabber sent me, this xyproblem.info uh, website that like explains it and it, it was such a better explanation than I'd ever been able to come up with the explanation I always said to people and I you know I used to again going back to that that other software company I helped run like we had a massive support department 
which was a big part of our business. And, I, you know, I would try to explain to people, I would say, okay, they'd come to me with some problem, you know, a problem statement from a customer. And, and I, I, it was just so clear to me that they had walked all the way down some road and then they had a question on step 18 on the road. But what we really needed to go back was do is go back to step zero and get to the actual why, right? Like the other, the other concept would be the five whys, right? So XY problem is um, you're asking a question about your solution rather than about your actual problem, right? So you're saying, wait, I'm trying to make this round peg fit in the square hole instead of saying, hey, I need oxygen to exist uh, in, in, you know, the spacecraft, right? Like getting back to like the core program problem that you're trying to solve. Like the user wants to do X, the user doesn't know how to do X. So they try to fumble their way to a solution. And if they can just manage to do Y, they think they will be at a solution. And then the user's like, well, but I don't know how to do Y either. So then the user comes to you and says, Hey, I need help doing Y. And then we try to help the user with Y instead of getting back to X and we get a we get a less than ideal solution for a less than ideal question, right? Instead of an ideal solution for the original problem. Um, and and I think that is something that is not thought about a lot. Uh, and, and people sometimes don't, you know, walk back. Again, the five whys, people talk about five whys. It's like if you ask why five times, you'll get to the real root of a problem. I, I think that's just so critical because a why solution assumes a tool solution. Hey, I can't get this thing to work. Whereas asking why to get back to what they were looking for originally X is, is going to make it so much better for them and, and get to the right solution for the customer in the end. All of that just reminded me, um, are, you, are either of you Looney Tunes fans? Uh, yeah. You mean you mean, I mean fans who, of Looney Tunes? Who, who, who isn't? Yeah. I mean, really. There's a cartoon that I love, um, and it's Duck Dodgers, um, and the twenty fourth is it twenty fourth and a half century or something like that. It's one of my favorites, um, and it, he's basically on this spaceship, and um, Porky Pig is on there with him, and like he's his little assistant or whatever, and he's just like, we have to get to planet X, right? And they're on planet A. And he does, he has this big old like whiteboard in front of him. And he's doing this massive, absurd, like mathematical equation on how to get to planet X by doing da 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 da. And then like, he stands there for ages doing it. And then he's just like, does this all make sense to you? And then um, Porky Pig's just like, yeah, or we could just follow the alphabet of the planets and eventually we'll get to planet X. But it's just like that kind of problem solving thing of like, we're just getting so in the weeds of, doing all of these different things before you just look before you can really see what the simplicity of the problem like what's the problem we need to get to x um i don't know you just reminded me of that and it's a it's a cute little cartoon um but what's the funny part of it which i also experience uh so many times when working with certain types of people is you will you'll be porky pig in the situation and you'll be like this is what you should have done and they're like Oh yeah, why didn't I, I'm such a smart person? Of course we should have like that. And they kind of take on the idea as if it was them that came up with it in the first place, which is always nice when people take credit for things that you're like, well, yeah, that was a super simple thing to do though. That's always fun times. That's actually uh, the the reason I mentioned that in particular. I think um, that was a bit of a tangent, but the reason I mentioned that in particular is that those people tend to be the types of people that aren't usually prepared to listen in the first place. Like they have to go through this really crazy journey 
of all this in the weeds stuff and then you cut they'll come back to something and you'll suggest something again um like a good example of this actually is another manager that i used to have where when i very first started at this company that i used to work for we had a git server um and <clears throat> the git server was just available to anyone who joined the company. Anyone was with, was allowed to, to look to have access to the server, right? So he kept asking me throughout the six months after this, how can we can reduce ticket volume? Because we dealt with internal support tickets. So when I started, I was like, why do we not just default give people access to this Git server by putting him in this Git users group, right? because they got automatically added to certain permission groups anyway, like they got added to the employees group or whatever. So I was like, we'll just add them to the Git users group. And then he came up with some reason as to why that wasn't, you couldn't do that, which was completely illogical. And then three, three months, six months later, he's just like, we really need to reduce ticket volume. And so I did this big old report of it and showed him that we get like, I don't know, 25, 30 tickets a week for new people joining and being like, hey, can I have access to the Git server? And then I was like, why don't we just put them in the Git users group? And then he was like, oh yeah, that's obvious. Like, yeah, we should absolutely do that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it, this, That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yes, it, it is amazing. Um, and uh, I did have another thing you made me think of when um, when you were talking about the, the fact that you used to work for a healthcare company uh, was making me think of a process that I've noticed in America actually Every single time I go to a healthcare place for a for a health medical appointment for any reason, um, you have to sit there and fill out like five or six pages of stuff that's like, mm -hmm. do you have any allergies to this? When was the last time you felt da 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 da? Like, do you da da? Like, on all these questions, mm -hmm. you have to put your name and your birthday on every single bloody mm -hmm. page, right? And then. Mm -hmm. You'll give all that to them. You'll spend 15 minutes doing that and you'll give it to them. And then they'll go into, you'll go into a little room and talk to mm -hmm. their, the doctor's assistant. And then the doctor's assistant will sit there on a computer and ask you all of those questions again. Correct. And you're like, I just gave you all of this. Why are you asking me this again? And they're like, oh, oh yeah, I didn't see. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the doctor will come in and ask all the same questions again. And I'm like, just get patient to input this onto a computer system. It's 2018. I could do an entire podcast on this specific yes. topic, specifically Luca. Also, I developed also I developed an iPad app to do exactly that back in the Good day. <laughs> but I have a long story. There's like there's like lots of stories about that. Um, there's a whole thing called meaningful use, uh, quote on which is in quotes, heavy heavy air quotes, of <laughs> computer technology, which was part of the big uh, TARP. Uh, reinvestment. I, I do. I could do an entire podcast on this for you, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I won't. I won't take up the rest of this one. I, I like the idea. Of right now on the Tanuki uh, uh, Talks, who's that Tanuki? Today we have Ree Matos, the GitLab Support Engineer Manager. Engineering. So close. <laughs> we we must be precise when it comes to support engineering. Engineering manager. Okay. And I next. just snorted when I laughed <laughs> on recording. I'm just saying. Brendan's going to capture that. All right. Let's get some questions going. So, Lee, where are you from? Where do you live now? Oh, what a great question. 
Um, I am from southern New Jersey, uh, and I currently live in New York City. New York City. In in the, the States. second best city in the world. And what would the first be? <clears throat> London, obviously. London, mate. Oh, jeez. Get out of here with Not that. Cambridge. Okay. Interesting. Y'all clearly I mean, never been to Marietta, Georgia before. Cambridge is a town, <laughs> technically. So. Ah. Actually, I could be wrong on that. It might be classed as a city. I think it's the only city in England that, one of the only cities that's a city that doesn't have a cathedral in it. Because it has to have a cathedral in it to be classed as a city. Fun fact of the day. Is so. that is that what the British believe in cities to be, or is that universal? Yes. Yeah, we need some kind of castle or something in order for it to be warranted as a city. Got it, got it. Cathedral's kind of like a castle. Anyway, next question. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in someone else's home? <laughs> oh, geez, that's a good question. Let me think here. I feel like um, the one that sticks out is like... <laughs> and like, I love this friend to death, but I really appreciate it that they like had like an attachable bidet and the squatty potty like together like both like they and i just really appreciated the dedication you know we're human we got to take care of some business and i just was like they got it all they added all these toilet accessories <laughs> and you know i really appreciated that i think that's the one that sticks out right now for me um and i want to i want to preface that by being like it's not that weird it was just like you went for it. So that's that's what sticks out to me. That actually, I, I didn't realize they made um, a detachable bidet. That's fantastic. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. I just am also like, they're dedicated and I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> like, I, I don't want you to get self-conscious about it, Lee, but that was kind of a crappy answer. I mean, is there, I uh, could think, uh, I see what I did there with crappy, but I'm I sure. did, I got it, I, I can think <laughs> on another. Surprise, David didn't say that. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have too much pride. <laughs> <laughs> I have none. Brendan has four children, so he's the king of dad jokes. Yes. I should yes. be. <laughs> okay, um, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting answer. Apparently there's a theme of toilet answers when I ask that question. Um, is, is there a theme? Your... Is that am I not the first to use toilet references? Oh jeez. You're all good. Um what's your least favorite food? Oh, what a good question. My least favorite food. All right, hold on, let me think about it. It's like it's a texture thing. I think it's definitely a texture. Like I don't like mm -hmm. I like crispy, I like crunchy. I don't like uh, gelatinous or like slimy or like nebulous uh, things like that. I'm not about it. Uh, so maybe like I, I'm going to tell a story from my childhood. Um, my grandmother had made a salad uh, and she is Spanish and it's called pulpo salad, which means octopus. But I didn't realize that there were octopus, octopi in this salad. So I remember just like seeing a giant bowl of leafy greens, which I had eaten many times before at age nine. And then like reaching in and finding an octopus in there and just being like, not for me. So I think like <laughs> slimy things and tendony sinuous so no things. oysters for you then well all right so now you're like catching me in probably the only time that i'm like actually <laughs> oysters are wonderful uh i'm okay with i think it's just like the tendony thing 
things where it's like kind of like chewy like an oyster you don't really chew it you know you kind of just live it you Do kind octopuses of just have tendons? No, but they're kind of like noodly. But noodly isn't the right phrase. You know, it's like Yeah. rubbery. Rubber like You calamari, same thing. Yeah, Is it like yeah? I did have calamari the first for the first time a few time nights ago, and I was like, not nah, for So me. rubbery texture. You're not a fan of Yeah, like I blubber. think I want like right. I think I don't want to eat rubber. <laughs> but Blubber. also That's like, fair. That's fair. but also like, I think it's like like a tendony thing, like like. Tendons, I think that's the word. Like my least favorite food is like foods that have tendony bits that are like crunchy, gelatinous. Bleh. I don't like this answer, but you know, edit this out and we'll figure I mean, something else out here. Ask I think me it's a a better. good answer. Ask, ask me another question, and we'll like okay. go from there because that one's getting cut. He's peanuts. We're just gonna put peanuts in there. Yeah, just like um, what's your least favorite food? Peanuts. End of question. Move on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what's your favorite thing about working at GitLab? What is my favorite thing about working at GitLab? That is such a good question. I really, really appreciate um, the fact that we get to work with people from all over the place. And that really has helped me get a perspective that the world is also very big and very different, but also very small and very alike at the same time. Uh, it's really just helped me feel more in tune with the world in a way that just reading current events or Wall Street Journal or New York Times or any news outlet or B you know BBC or anything doesn't give you that connection Whereas I genuinely feel very connected to the world, whether it's somebody that's in a country with turmoil or, or the temperature in Nigeria right now, or what it's like <laughs> in London with the, the heat wave, you know, and I have that perspective where it doesn't feel just abstract news. It feels very real. That's Great a answer. good answer. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that part of working at GitLab too. Also gives us access to so much talent across the world, which is another thing I like about that particular thing. Yeah, it's been super awesome as well. Um, being responsible for hiring, it's been really great to understand the challenges of hiring global talent just from a perspective Yeah. of culture, right? I, I think a lot about the ways in which I've been indoctrinated into an American culture. Uh, and I, you know, that's not a negative, that's just what is, and, and learning the ways in which other people have very different cultural experiences and expectations that are not better, worse, or wrong, they're just different, and understanding, like, cool, that's awesome to know and learn and, and communicate and, and connect on uh, and find a, a middle ground to make great things happen. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that is a, that is a good answer. Thank you. Um, all right, cool. So next less serious question. What's the best Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? Oh, the best Wi-Fi name? Or created in Lee's case. I, I'm, Yeah. I'm going to be honest, right? I'm the default. I'm the, I keep mine default. I, I stay under the radar. I don't want to attract any attention here. Um, I think, and it's funny because like somebody, um, like in my building, it's like, this apartment is haunted. So everybody thinks that that's mine or like something like that. I, I don't have any that really stick out right now beyond my former boss's 
phone like wi-fi hotspot was always fbi surveillance van and he would like move around which is like common but like he would we would be going places so it was always like (laughs) fbi surveillance van would pop up at various places and he would be at somebody's house and they're like why is fbi surveillance van here that's funny oh that's me you know and i was like oh geez so my best friend has um i think one of the wi-fi things that they have is porque fi which is pretty good like that was it. my Wi-Fi for a long time. 4K Fi. Mm-hmm. And then also Bill Y, the Science Fi. That's, <laughs> That's, That's a good, good one. I like that That's one. a good one. I'm like curious. Um, I'm looking at what Wi-Fi's I can see from my apartment right now to see if there's any. Uh, nah, nothing, nothing too good here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have Cottage. Someone is just called Cottage. So there's that. <laughs> That's cheesy. Bad, bad dad joke. B plus. Yeah. Try again. <laughs> there's time. There's time. Don't worry. That was so bad. I didn't even get it until Lee said that was a joke. It's amazing. <laughs> it just flew right over my head. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, what a question! It's the best face I've ever seen. Like. The question becomes, and these are the type of questions that I live for, right? Because we're gonna de- we're gonna just go completely off the the radar. Like, um, is an idea a thought, right? Like that was a question that we mused in the support engineering meeting for an hour the other day. Um, <laughs> clearly, very important because we couldn't understand like is thought below ideation or is an idea a separate thing from a thought or the same? Like, so we were trying to understand that, but I think like our tacos sandwiches, right. Is a, is a taco, is a burrito, a sandwich, like what, because I also think a lot about like, is cereal a soup, right? We have to start with that. Like, is a soup hot? Like, is that a thing? No, gazpacho, but you know, what's the deal? So when it comes to sandwiches, I really think that a hot dog qualifies as a sandwich for me because the rules of a sandwich are things that you eat with your hand that um, are not enclosed completely. Right. So like burrito gets on a weird line where it's like a dumpling's not a sandwich, like a samosa or like a pot sticker, but like hot dog, I'll go with a taco as a sandwich. I'll go with like a breakfast sandwich, like egg McMuffin or whatever, but they're sand they're sandwiches to me. Hot where, dog where, where would a Monte Cristo fall in there? That's covered up essentially, right? Because that becomes a sandwich, but it's becomes, you know, encased. <laughs> I mean, these are the eternal questions when it it it's a great question. I'm not 100% sure where that lands, but I'm going with a hot dog is a sandwich. I think that okay. that's appropriate. Funnily enough, is cereal soup is one of the next couple of questions on there. So I think. I mean, clearly I'm question. ready for this interview because I think about this often uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure. I want to believe it is a soup, right? Because also like, it, like, what is oatmeal like what is that like what are the requirements for soup is it a spoon and a bowl like does that make it soup like does it require liquid like is it a specific viscosity what is soup uh you know i love that you just said viscosity i love i mean because if it's just spoon and bowl if it's just spoon and bowl is is ice cream a soup right which is also a great question because you let it sit long enough (laughs) i think so i'm I'm for it for viscosity's sake you can let it sit (laughs) 
my house my housemate used to microwave ice cream a little bit because he didn't like it being cold and then he called it ice cream soup (laughs) there's so many things wrong with what you're doing but okay um i'm not opposed to it uh the this is a big question that everybody i think has an opinion on a strong opinion on um should you put pineapple on pizza oh heck yeah you should yes let me tell you that yeah like let me tell you um pineapple on pizza pineapple on a lot of things right i just got last (laughs) night for dinner al pastor tacos from this local spot and they just throw they just throw that pineapple right on in there and you're just like spicy and sweet i'm all for sweet and salty like let's get the combos let's you know if you're listening to this podcast and you're an adult like step your flavor game up don't be scared of a little flavor (laughs) combos you know like you know like step it up like you had peanut butter and jelly as a kid so we can try pineapple and pizza like let's go Um, cherries and pistachios i'm not opposed i'm not opposed to it i mean bergamot is is wonderful um so there's this pizzeria by my house that i that's so what i get is pepperoni pineapple and then they use the pepperoni that kind of curls up and crisps uh and it just it it's delicious so it's a little a little spicy a little bit sweet oh it's so 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 good i'm really hungry now it's actually lunchtime for me so you're making me even more hungry than i was before i started this so thanks (laughs) you're welcome Um, you're welcome (laughs) what's the best inside joke you've been a part of i was in high school uh it was the first time i went over my best friend's house um, and we were building a computer together. We were nerds. So we started building a computer and he's like, oh yeah, like my dad's home. And he's like, he's outside doing some lawn work or whatever. And I, I just, you know, I came in his house and I hadn't met any of his friend, his family or anything. So we're just working on this computer. And while we're working on the computer, uh, this man bangs on the window and I look out and like, he's in like, he's got goggles on and like, he's just like covered in like leaves and, and trappings and stuff from a lawn, you know, doing lawn care. And he is holding up a baby bottle and he just says, where is the child? And that was the first time I met my best friend's dad. And like, I'm staring at Dylan, like, do you have a toddler in this house? Like, what is going on? Like, should I be concerned? And he's just like, that's my dad. And I don't know where that baby bottle came from. There's no one below the age of 16 in this house. Uh, And so for years, whenever there's an absurd moment and Dylan and I are out in public, I'll just turn and be like, where is the child and uh yeah that's that was i think that that might be the best inside joke uh and where is the child i love it yeah it has lived on and and it's just between me and dylan and we've just uh it's just lived on for years i'm gonna have to text him that right now where is the child maybe the name of the podcast this time that's great yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's amazing um, it was good. It was good. So, the next question is, banana or potato? Question mark. Um, I mean, I think the question becomes like, 
what are we doing? <laughs> is, is that is that it? Is that all we get? Banana or potato? Like, is that... I mean, if, if I'm left in the abstract, right, I have to imagine, am I going... Am I selling them? If I'm selling them bananas, if I'm trying to survive, probably potatoes. If I'm trying to cook, probably potatoes. You know, if I'm making smoothies, definitely bananas. Um, but you're, I'm not you're sure taking there. this to another level. It's just you just go with your gut, man. I mean, those are my stances. Like, and I stand by them. There are <laughs> there are different things for different moments, and I think in that I'm going to. In this moment, I want bananas bad. I want like a nice, good banana. I really well like. We're gonna switch it up. I want plantains. I want like a fried oh, plantain right nice. now. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had a plantain. I don't what know are you doing? What are you? Oh, yeah, wow. what are you doing in America? You're in, you're in the colonies. We have plantains here. <laughs> you're almost in Mexico, where you're at. I know. Like, come on. I keep forgetting I'm in the colonies. <laughs> oh, jeez, Luca threw that in there because that's my favorite joke from Luca ever. So, but yes, get a good fried plantain. Yeah, it's delicious. It'll change your life. I'll do that. I've had a fried banana before. Just not a fried plantain. Is it much different? depends right because you could do it two ways right like fried bananas are usually always sweet and caramelized but depending on how you get the plantain if they're green plantains you cut them up you smash them and you fry them and they're kind of savory and delicious um, a little bit drier um, but if you let them brown if you let the plantain get really overripe and brown and sugary and you slice them up and throw them in a, a pan they get really really just sweet and flavorful just like a banana and it's really good that's amazing i've had those little tiny in in italy i went um i went to italy and they had red bananas which i've never seen anywhere else and like the little never, they had little tiny red it. ones so that was interesting but i will have to try that thank you yeah, um, do it what's your favorite movie quote oh man um you may google if you wish yeah, give me a second here. Um, I'm going to try and remember it from accurately. memory. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it and then I'll go for it. Because I, so I am always quoting everything. Always, like usually music. I'm always referencing music lyrics in my life. But um, it's a Lord of the Rings quote. Oh, it's this. I always use this in random contexts. Uh, I'll just ask somebody because it's it's so generic that it's kind of my nerd litmus test where I'm like, <laughs> will you get this reference? And it's just keep it secret. Keep it safe. And if you know what that's from, then we're going to immediately be friends. If you can tell me the reference, if you can't, then we have to do some more deep dives in understanding like the evolving evolution of our friendship. That's Gandalf, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, in Hobbiton, telling Thank young you. Frodo that he must keep it safe. And uh, I just really, I it never works, but I'm always just like, keep it secret, keep it when safe. When they standing by a fireplace when they had that conversation? Look, all right, Luca, you're trying to like be more friends with me than hard. you already are. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it. Look, you've passed the litmus test. That's That's the one that sticks out the most in my mind. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others, but that's the one that like I reference as an obscure reference. And it's not that obscure, but it depends on your audience, right? 
It is. It does depend on your audience. I think a lot of people would know what it is, but maybe not everyone would know who said it. I feel like most people would say Bilbo. It's like that thing, you know, when you say to somebody, um, what what do you put in a toaster? I don't know this. What do I put in a toaster? Bread. Bread. <laughs> okay. So most people say toast, or if you say, what do cows drink? Most people say milk. Right, right, right. You say, you know, who said this quote, keep it secret, keep it safe. I get what you're saying like, here. Oh, it's Bilbo, yeah. but it's not. Um, no. Anyway, uh, what's the best Disney film? The best Disney film? Are we talking like of all time ever? What's your favorite Cause like, Disney film? Because like Star Wars snuck in as a Disney franchise now. So like I can, I can, I can cop out with that. <sighs> um you can't I'm a huge Star Wars it's nerd. It's gotta be Disney, like Disney and Pixar. Well, what if they choose? What if he chooses a, a Star Wars that is from post Disney's acquisition? Does that no, I, I mean that would be blasphemy. But let's go. Let's yes. go with. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with this. Um, I think my favorite Disney film is The Incredibles. I genuinely think The Incredibles number one me and my best friend Dylan have spent the last 10 years gushing about the idea that there could be an Incredibles 2 and we saw it opening night and like in IMAX and just the Incredibles set this bar for me that you know Disney movies are wonderful but I just really thought that the style the story the content was just it's timeless and I appreciated that you know, a lot of the older Disney tales were just reimagined fairy tales. And I appreciated that this felt a little bit more original in the sense of like oh, superhero family has been done before, but it at least felt like they were hitting some notes that I appreciated that were uh, not just a rehashing of a fairy tale. It's still to me yeah. one of the best superhero movies ever. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic movie. So yeah, great I mean, I have chills right now how much I love Incredibles. Yeah, like, it's a great so movie. good. I have yet to see Incredibles 2 and I'm a terrible but I've been waiting so long to see it and I haven't had a chance to go to the cinema and see it yet. It's awful. Opening night saw it. It was great. Yeah, it was good. I still <laughs> yeah. love the first one better. I still love the yeah, first, first one. Yeah, first one is great and the second one is good. It gave me exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I don't think I could say like I wanted anything more. I left the theater smiling and was just like I'm happy to have another incredible story in my life. You know, actually, this leads me to another question, and I'm going to reveal something about myself. But you know, when people, people, when you're when you're younger, you tend to have like a crush on a Disney character. Do you have you ever heard of this? Right. What was it? Repeat. You you when you're younger, people tend to like have a crush on a Disney character. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mine was Elastigirl. Sure. I mean, Elastigirl is wonderful. I think she's a phenomenal (laughs) character. I think the whole series just like. I really appreciated that it felt like in the way that it's timeless, it still felt very modern with their struggles in the way that um, some of the Disney fairy tales obviously are just trying to deliver timeless tales, but like uh, Incredibles 2 especially hits on some of modern struggles that are timeless, but the contextualized just feel really good. And it was refreshing to see, and just yeah. uh, you need to see Incredibles 2 so we could talk more about it because I don't want to spoil anything. But okay. they're great. Elastigirl has great moments in Incredibles 2 that are just wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'm so, excited. Anyway. They really stretch your character in that one. Oh, jeez. Oh that was God. a B. That was a solid B. Uh, that was it might be better. an A minus. It might be an A minus. Come on. That was good. 
This is why you're in. This is oh, I, oh, my, and then he just revealed things. This is why you are a B, Dave. That's oh, jeez. I almost revealed Fight Club. Whoops. <laughs> um, okay. Funnily enough, next question: Do you like bees? In the abstract, in the abstract, like I, I have a strained relationship with the the buzzing creatures that we call bees because it's just like i they're they always come around at the most awkward of times you know and you're just like and then you they have you know their cousins the wasp and the like you have you have to be wary when you see a yellow black thing you know for a second there's that fear strike fear into my eyes I strongly believe that wasps exist purely so that we appreciate bees because bees will save <laughs> the planet. <laughs> I mean, I respect it. I respect it. I And I have nothing, right? And even like wasps and things like that, I think that I grew up in the wilderness and I very much strive to like not harm other critters and respect the reality of like the wasp is angry and they might not be friendly, but they're like, they're existing and we should respect that even though this wasp does not like me and may hurt me, you know? Um, and bees, I'm just like, they're adorable and dumb, but you know, you got to pause for a second and just be like, are you a wasp? No. Great. So. I feel like wasps are a little bit disrespectful of everything else though. It's like, you know what I so there's like there's this thing there's this thing going around on the internet right now of, of this kid uh, playing a VR game and he's like a young boy uh it's called like uh I think it's like Joshua's Adventure or something and uh he's playing this VR game and it's really cool and it's really cute and he says uh this thing that was wonderful he says somebody asks him hey joshua why uh if you had anything that you could say to the world what would you say and joshua like says like um if someone hates you don't hate them back you know and i'm just like that's how i feel about wasps i'm like even if the wasp hates me i got a hold that like i shouldn't hate it back so shout out to joshua right. in vr chat uh watch that video it's cute it's wonderful he's a adorable little boy you have such wonderful answers to things. I'm really enjoying this whole interview so far. But we have two more questions. I, I'm happy to answer. I'm happy to answer whatever I can. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of pie? My favorite kind of pie, off the top, cherry pie, straight up. Like best, cherry pie is kind. my jam. Like, but also second best is like a solid apple pie with the ice cream. Like, mm -hmm. there's number two, and then third in in a close third, not a distant, is pumpkin pie. Dangerous territory. I, you sound like in the in in the not colonies. You sound like that's not a supported dish or something. No, we UK does not support pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's delicious. This you version should try of pie it. is not supported in this country. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Final question. Uh, -oh. uh What what vine slash meme best describes you as a person? Wow. <laughs> I mean, there's an inside joke here that I could go with if I just says, if, if I just says, if I just say, he needs some milk, I could I go it. with that one. I but that's not the truth. That that's not the truth. Um, but there's an inside joke to he needs some milk. Um, best vine or meme that describes me. 
I mean, I might have to lean on you, Luca. Is there one that comes to mind besides he needs some milk? Oh my god, that is the first one that comes to mind. But I right, think that's, right, 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 you know, right. Which, for context um, for the audience here, um, that was my status in our company Slack for a while because it was just uh, I was deep in some some customer troubleshooting, and and you know sometimes <laughs> you need some milk. You just need you gotta find the milk. You gotta you gotta fortify. And so Luca was like, "What is this a reference to?" And I was like, "Let me change your life." <laughs> and it was one of the first conversations we ever had. As yeah, well. exactly. So, because you were like, you were like, "What? What is that?" And I was like, "Yeah." But I'm trying to think. Um, there's one. There's another one. Um, what is it? Free but... Shavakadu comes to mind for some reason. <laughs> I, I do appreciate that one a lot. It's my daughter's um, favorite. Or you know, the why have you done this? <laughs> Yeah, why, why have why? you done this? Is a good one, which I also have a meme account secretly. Y'all can never know what it is, but it's a secret meme account. We make artisanal memes; they're all original, so like it's the oh only place you'll ever see them. You know, like original memes, only originals. You know, like the complete opposite idea of what a meme is meant to be. So amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, give me a second here. What else do I have? Um, hold on. That's a good one, but it's like not safe. It says bad words, so I can't use that one. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to go with... Um, he needs some milk. I think that that's the winner. <laughs> I think that that does it. It's a pretty amazing, amazing vine. It's a it's a good one. I'm and when we end this call, I'm gonna remember what it was, and I'm gonna be really sad. It's okay. You can maybe we'll do another one of these, like later down yeah. the line. We can we can do like who's that Tanuki revisited and be like sure. What's your favorite meme questions? now? Yeah. So cool. Well, that's all the questions we have for today. Um, Appreciate you coming on. I think these have been some really phenomenal answers. And well, I love you. how thorough you've been. I mean, this can obviously uh, show everybody why Lee is so good at his job because of the level of detail and whatnot. And I have also learned that apparently the support team's meetings transcend anything that we could ever do in customer success. Although we did have a pretty phenomenal customer success meeting where we where some of us just wore, wore onesies and, and stuff. That was pretty great. I was a fan of that, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, we, we get deep often and cause we have to, we have to be ready. My favorite quote is just, uh, every day we, we deal with problems and we have to ask ourselves like, is today the day that we've broken math? There's going to be a day where we break math, where numbers don't add up anymore. The whole universe starts ripping apart and we live it. Um, so far that day hasn't happened, but many times when we start working with customers, we got to start there. Is today the day that math is broken? And then we go from there. So Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I, I will end on this as well. I think I really liked the meme of the... Um, the young man where he's just like, uh, he's pointing at his head and he's just like outsmarting you. And always the quotes are just around like why you think ahead where it's like, 
ask your girlfriend where you want to go, where she wants to eat and then take her to the first place she says, you know, where it's like, that's how you like get ahead where it's just like, yeah, like that's how you do it. So I like that one, but cut that out. It's not as good as, it's not as good as, it's not as good as fresh, uh, or, um, Fresh marketing. So, yeah. Thanks, all. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. That we'll wrap perfect. it up for this Again, week. Again, that was Lee Meadows, Support Engineering Manager. So thanks yes. very much for joining us today on Tanuki Talks. Have a good one, all. Bye. Take care, folks. I, I like the idea of what Luca brought up earlier of maybe doing a podcast on how Looney Tunes teaches us things. That's a great uh-huh. idea. <laughs> so I have to go back. You mentioned Duck Dodgers. I'm sorry. I've been, I, I yeah, you, jumped like, you up. fell off your chair when I said that. I was excited. Well, so real quick, side story. Um, once a, I, I, It's guaranteed we watch it once a year. It happens once a year. We watch that exact cartoon because I go to Dragon Con every year. There's a masquerade party on the last day of Dragon Con every year. And that's what they play on Dragon Con TV in between them coming up with the getting the final votes in and releasing who's going to win is they play that. So we sit in a big group of there's, I don't know, 20, 30 of us and everyone shouts out, there's the 24th and a half century. So yeah, it's, it's a big thing. So when you brought it up, it was huge. Um, anyway, but then the other one, when you're talking about processes and changing people's minds that came to mind immediately as soon as you said that was if you're familiar with the duck season, rabbit season one, yes. where <laughs> he's like... You know, he has to say one, he says, you know, Bugs Bunny says it's duck season. And they're trying to get Elmer Fudd to point the gun at the right person you know, or the right animal. Yeah. And then eventually he switches it and changes it to, you know, rabbit season. And then, of course, you know, Daffy Duck gets uh, gets fooled. But anyway, it just changed his mind after he eventually changed the process around. I thought it was kind of funny. But I think we should do something like that with cartoons and how it helped out at a future uh, future date. I am so, so down for a podcast about Looney Tunes. Like, lo- like I am 33 years old, and I can sit and watch <laughs> Wile E. Coyote. Spoiler alert. Just, for, yeah. Is that a spoiler alert? That's not a spoiler no, alert. That's not Come a spoiler alert at all. <laughs> Brendan likes to say spoiler alert when it's not really a spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Who says that? Spoiler um, alert. Brendan O'Leary says spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, I am 33 years old, and I can sit and watch... Wiley Coyote and, ha- and Roadrunner and see him fall off a cliff with a tiny umbrella so many times and it will always make me laugh no matter what. <laughs> when he Where holds up a little sign. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's looks down. He doesn't I'm fall until he looks down either, now. friends. Remember, never forget. He never <laughs> falls true. until he looks down and then he's like, oh wait, I should be falling right now because that's how gravity <laughs> works. Marvin the Martian <laughs> is probably my favorite though. He's great. Yeah, so we, should great. we do, can we, can can one of you open an issue on the Tanuki Talks podcast issue board for an episode? I, I, I vote that the episode is not just about Looney Tunes, but about cartoons and what they've taught us. I, I, that's I fine. Like that. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Where we can find different, where we can find that. Yes, <laughs> so lessons we can learn from cartoons. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I actually had a, I wanted to write a talk to submit. I've, I may have submitted it somewhere, but I haven't yet. And I, I think it should maybe be a lightning talk instead. Uh, you know, the, it's not a an animated cartoon, but the drawn comic XKCD, mm-hmm. uh, which is like dorky comics, and it's it's like it's somebody that understands technology and physics and a bunch of other things that draws it. I can't remember his name, uh, but I wanted to do a whole speech just on what XKCD can teach us about DevOps, um, <laughs> but I I haven't done that yet. So. We someday. could do that about anything. You someday. could pick any cartoon. You could, you, you <gasps> could almost pick any cartoon. 
See, oh my god, Steven Universe I could talk about Steven you. Universe for a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll talk about meaningful use and why we need your blood pressure, allergies, and allergies to medication every time that you go to the doctor. <laughs> and I'll talk about G.I. Joe and knowing it's half the battle. So there we go. <laughs> Can I just ask, have either of you, I know Brendan has watched a couple of episodes of Steven Universe. I'm going to plug this cartoon because it's phenomenal and it's life-changing. Have either of you, how much of it have you watched? David, have you watched any of this uh, yet? I'm... Episode one. Have you watched it? I'm about it? four or five episodes in, I think. Yeah, I know you told me that the little cat fingers episode was a little bit traumatizing. Yeah, spoiler it was traumatizing alert. for my two-year-old. Spoiler Actual alert. Actual spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was the one that my wife decided to watch with me, and she's like, what are you watching? And yeah, I was like, it's oh, a little it's, bit weird. She said, she said, what is this on? And I said, Cartoon Network. And she said, you gave in to Cartoon Network? Like, as in, like, the kid's idea was to watch it? And I was like... No, I, I, I found out about it from a friend. And she's like, a friend? And I was like, a Luca. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, learned it from watching you, okay? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. So, no, that's Bad okay. Bad influence. No, it's no, fine. This, this it's a great cartoon. It is all kinds a, of things. Yes. It's about, yeah, it's about a lot of things. But it's, it's great. It's about, it's about a 14-year-old boy, little boy, who is raised by three well they they use she and her pronouns but they're generally referred to on the steven universe wiki as gender neutral people which is awesome um so yeah they're raised because yeah, are they even really female people? characters no they're gems but they're still yeah they're, exactly yeah so yeah but still they're represented as female i guess to, to the audience i would um, say they would be female but yeah yeah and he has um a dysfunctional single dad that doesn't live with them who's a great you know he's just a great character and so there's this he's he's this 14 year old kind of chubby little boy like he has his his person you know his his best friend uh slash is she his girlfriend we don't know um she's a she's a she's a person of color um it's just a very it's a very sweet diverse there's 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 queer relationships in it like it's just wonderful like they teach all kinds of different things um like there's one episode in it where they basically teach kids how to meditate and deal and process their problems in a really positive way i've been way. wanting to teach my four-year-old how to meditate i need there's to skip, a, skip forward yeah. to that yeah it's great because my um, four-year-old reminds me of me before i learned about not getting angry all the time <laughs> such a good so i'd like, like to fix that fix that fix it <laughs> fix it but yeah BSK. it's a very it's a very positive thing and all of the <laughs> all of the characters are like they have really they're really flawed characters which i really like like they're not perfect and i like that i like the fact that you can see them in both their positive and negative lights and how they grow and how they listen to one another and it teaches you how to communicate well like it teaches you how to be good in relationships and stuff like that it's just it's it's wonderful it makes my heart happy and everyone so they have they have they're good people mm -hmm. right they use their tools effectively yeah <laughs> do they have a process that they follow <laughs> to help steven steven definitely doesn't have a process i don't know if the, the other it folks depends. do but it depends on the situation <laughs> Good one. I like how you tried to tie it back in, Dave. It was a stretch. I tried. I tried. It was a little stretch, but I liked it. We were off on that. We were off on that tangent for quite some time, so it was definitely <laughs> worth trying. <laughs> but, 
but we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll totally do a cartoon one I, I love that idea yeah, yeah see that's what came out of this podcast is that we've come up with episode four which we didn't have <laughs> before I like how, <laughs> shh, shh, now that is a spoiler alert that we didn't have episode four planned until now yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we did we just decided to use this sh- I can't I can't it's, come back from that I, yeah, just, it's just in time podcasting I don't know <laughs> I like it <laughs> No promises. It's called Agile Podcasting, four. Dave. Come on. You, you, you right. <laughs> Sorry. Ship, then iterate. Exactly. Kind of. Exactly. All right. Well, friends, I think that's that's all I've got. Does anybody have any parting words of wisdom on, on people, processes, or tools? I think that we've basically covered it and, and planned for the I next time. Yeah. No. All good things. So thanks very much, guys. Always a pleasure with you. Great. Yeah, I think so. Excited about cartoon Tanuki Talks. Yeah. Excited. So excited. We'll, we'll see you on the next Tanuki Talks. A.K.A. Car- car- Cartoonuki talk. Cartoon. Oh God. <laughs> There's something there. Perfect. Cartoonuki talk. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Too late. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>